Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to the podcast, it is always appreciated. This is the All Sports Best Podcast. I'm Trey Gonzalez, your host, and I am very excited to introduce this next guest. Before we do so, guys, every time that we get on the podcast, there's a really cool guest. There's some good topics, whatever it might be. And this guest in particular, I will say, is one of the coolest dudes that I've ever met for the first time on the phone. And uh, just great conversations, great stories to be told. He's talking about how hard, I mean, the guy throws complete flames, by the way, guys. I mean, this dude on the mound is something to watch 100%, um, a right-handed pitcher that dazzles. And I feel like his organization is not just going to want to see what he can do at some point in the big leagues. They're going to need what he can do in the big leagues. And that is huge. That is huge. Just complete value out of this pitcher and uh, this great dude. Uh, He talks about his proudest moment today. He talks about the come up, how tough it is in the minor leagues and things like that. Because guys, as you know, and if you've ever heard any of the podcasts we've had with any minor leaguers or major leaguers, it's not an easy process in the minor leagues. It, It is tough. It's almost a nightmare in some people's cases and others a little bit more glorious, but uh, still a tough grind, right? He's met some really big names. Being in the New York Mets organization, uh, it comes with a little bit more of a uh, connection, I would say. So he's got to meet a few different people that I want you guys to check out. And he went to New Mexico State. That's right, New Mexico State. A lot of pride there um, for the Las Cruces crew over there uh, of course I had to ask him what his favorite food was over in Crucis and then of course in New York so you're going to get all of that packaged up in this podcast so without further ado ladies and gentlemen very excited for you guys to check out our podcast with Marcel Renteria welcome to the all sports best podcast Turn up the volume because it's time for your favorite sports show. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best, the podcast. Guys, I am so excited today because we have a really special guest on that is 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 blowing up radar guns. This dude has been working his butt off from New Mexico State out of Nogales. Arizona, Marcel Renteria is with us today. Marcel, man, how are you? How are you doing, man? Trey, what's up, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here, man. I'm excited. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. I, I just want to dive into everything that is is essentially your body of work. But like, just starting off, like, what are you up to right now? So right now, I'm currently in Port St. Lucie, Florida, which okay. is home of New York Mets uh, spring training. Um, I got invited to instruct league, which is pretty cool because as a minor leaguer, our season got canceled. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just got in on Wednesday. We officially start on Saturday with just instructs and team fundamentals and hopefully start playing some games soon. Okay. Very cool. So you have a lot to almost kind of a lot to prove, right? I mean, when you didn't have a chance to really get out in front of people, playing games, seeing live batters as much and things like that, you kind of have to do things on your own. So now it's kind of like, all right, prove to me that you've actually been working. Is that kind of like the the mindset going into this? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you you hit the nail on the on the hammer right there. Like literally not having a season kind of puts our whole development and moving up 
on pause. Yeah. And that, like this season, man, it was just kind of one of those things like, you know, how much do you love the game? You know, how, what are you willing to do to chase your dreams? And now we have this opportunity. So I'm, I'm glad I definitely had the, uh, the resources to, to stay ready. Sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, I know I've heard a lot about different teams and how they approach things and things like that. But you got drafted by the New York Mets. So can you tell me kind of like what the mentality is or kind of what the vibes are, I guess, for the New York Mets organization? Is it pretty cool? Is it very businesslike? I mean, is, what is the general, I guess, uh, atmosphere? Yeah, it's it's been different since I got drafted. Um, there's been two different coordinators, minor league coordinators who are in charge of player development. But the new group that we have now – um, it's very businesslike, but it it is also a very aggressive mindset yeah. in the sense of we're in New York. I mean, let's be honest, the New York Mets right now, unfortunately, we're not where we want to be. Um, you know, the talent, the talent is there, but it's just kind of the, the winning culture is kind of not all there yet. Mm. But, but these new guys came in and just kind of changed everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's businesslike. Um, definitely the way that baseball is going with technology and stuff, we're diving into that, trying to get our stuff better. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, <laughs> you're playing for a team in New York, you know what I mean? You're yeah. under a microscope, you do good or bad. So they're just kind of preparing us for that, uh, moment when we get up there. So have you experienced the New York experience of, of fans yet? Like, have <laughs> oh, you, yeah. Oh yeah. So when I first got drafted, we were. Um, our short season was in Brooklyn, uh-huh. uh, New York. Okay. So fortunately I was part of the worst Brooklyn team. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It was kind of a, it was a mixture of a lot of younger Latin guys and then new college guys. So uh-huh. the chemistry wasn't all there and it was weird, man. That's the first time I experienced, like I'm bilingual. So it's the first time I experienced, um, like that language barrier. Sure. So I was kind of trying to close the gap, but yeah, man, those fans are amazing. Um, they definitely support you, but when you're losing, man, they're not afraid to let you know that, you know, you got to get your stuff together. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. So I, I'm glad you brought this up because this is really a, a different angle on sports because everybody always thinks like talent, 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 and that's, what's going to get you places and stuff like that. But really it's, it, there's a lot about locker room and chemistry and just being able to know that I can trust you to come on out onto the mound or I can trust you on my team. And for you to be bilingual, to be able to just kind of bring more to the table, do you feel like that could help you in a way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've never been a loud or vocal person mm. uh, um, as far as being leaders on team. Like when I was in New Mexico State, uh, Coach Green gave me the honor to be a captain. But I was more of that locker room guy, kind of making sure everyone's good. You know, some guys get pissed off and they're not playing. It's just yeah. – you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's just kind of letting them know, like, hey, I'm in your corner, man. Like, you're good. Keep going. But, um, yeah, when I was in Brooklyn, dude, it was kind of weird because we had, like, a eight-game losing streak at one point. Ooh. And the room was silent. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where people had to say something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just kind of did it in the sense of, yo, we're, we're losing games. Yet, a lot of you guys don't know who each other are. So... Yeah, like use this opportunity now to get that under the rug. You know what I mean? Like, I would like to know who's hitting behind me or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, and root them. So, yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of like my role, I guess, in this org. Um, 
there's like three other guys who are bilingual. So I'm kind of the one that kind of closes the gap and, you know, tries to bring everyone together. Sure. That's pretty awesome. All right. So I wanted to kind of cover, uh, kind of the elephant in the room here, man. I mean, you've, you have tremendous velocity. You hit 99, you're chasing a hundred right now. But I mean, for most people, that pitch. I mean, they could pitch their whole lives and and be thankful that they broke ninety. You're up trying to break a hundred, dude. What is that like? Yeah, man, it's it's a fun journey. I mean, when I was in JUCO, I played junior college baseball at Pima Community College in Tucson. And when I was there, man, I think I touched ninety a handful of times. Uh-huh. And Coach Mangrum, who was a pitching coach at New Mexico State then, who recruited me, was like, dude. You come to New Mexico State, I'm going to get you throwing 96, 97. And I was kind of like, dude, this guy's crazy. Like, have you seen me? Because I'm not the biggest <laughs> guy. I mean, I'm pretty undersized compared to, you know, the rest of the, the baseball players. But, yeah, man, I got there. It was just a different sense of training, um, a lot of weighted ball training. And sure enough, when I was at New Mexico State, you know, I popped some numbers like 95 96 for the first time and i just continued that training so Jeez. yeah about last week i hit 99 um for the first time and it was cool man because it was against live hitting i was training in push performance out in phoenix arizona yeah shout out to crew. uh they, they really did a tremendous job helping me and other minor leaguers stay ready especially during the pandemic you know what i mean right um but yeah, man, I mean, it was kind of cool. I was just kind of in the zone facing live hitters and I saw mm-hmm. the radar gun hit 98 and the guy behind us was like, hey, there's a scout that had it at 99. So I was like, oh, damn, that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's what we're counting it as. Yeah. So we're counting <laughs> it as 99. Um, <laughs> and it was funny, dude, because immediately, like it was a it was a milestone for me, but immediately everyone's like, hey, you got to get triple digits. You got to get triple digits. Yeah. So that, that's that's the goal for for now. Wow. Okay. So, and I, and I feel like if you watch the sport, but never pitched, never played yourself, you don't realize how hard one mile an hour can be. Like I know a lot of people, you know, at 89, they're like, Ooh, I just want to hit 90. And and they, they may never even reach 90, you know? And so tell me about that one mile per hour and how it, it's so naggy. Yeah, man. I mean, once, once you start chasing numbers, it's like the weirdest thing. Like <laughs> one mile an hour seems like a huge journey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's just kind of like trust, trust the process, trust whatever you've been doing. And sometimes dude, when you try too much, those, those numbers won't pop up. And yeah. once you're in your zone, just kind of playing the game, right. That's when those numbers kind of um, start coming to life, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, Okay, I got to know, because you're from Nogales, Arizona. It's a small town, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so when you talk to people, I I can imagine people are like, hey, man, how hard are you throwing? You know, like, hey, man, what's going on? And that kind of thing. Like, how do you answer stuff like that? Do you just straight up go like, oh, yeah, dude, I like, you know, upper 90s? Or do you, you know, I'm just trying to work on my game. (laughs) No, honestly, man, like I said, I'm not one to talk about myself (laughs) Like, hey, how hard you throwing? I'm like, oh, I'm working, man. I'm getting there. I'm almost there. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I like it. And hopefully they tune in into a game and are kind of like, whoa, what in the world? Like, sure. This guy's throwing, you know what I mean? But yeah, as far as when people ask me, it's a small town too. So, I mean, I leave the whole displaying and social media stuff to my mom, dude. Mm. She, <laughs> any little news <laughs> and my family, they'll tweet it out and do everything. Uh. And 
Shout out to Adam Young, who also follows me and supports all the Aggie um, athletics. So sure, yeah. Man. I mean, as far as as far as my sur- support circle, they're the ones that kind of uh, you know advertise me. Yeah, well, because I, I just figured because I I know what it's like. A lot of people always like, hey man, so how hard do you throw? Like, what's what's the hardest you throw? You know, and it's kind <laughs> of that weird question. Like, it's almost like, dude, that's kind of personal, and I don't know why it feels yeah. that way, <laughs> but it does. Well, it's because there's that's really what everyone's focused on. Is like, oh, how hard does he throw? You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it's just kind of like one of those things when they ask you, you know, you could run it up. It's like, well, I don't want to look like a tool. Sure. And exactly. Tell you exactly what I'm throwing. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, I've worked hard for it. So uh, mm-hmm. you just, at that point, you just got to let your game speak for itself. You sure. Know? No, I, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I've met guys that'll be like, oh, I throw this. And then you, we see them play and you're like, uh, I don't know about that. So I feel like yeah. they're going to think I do that, you know? So I exactly. Get. It's like, oh, yeah, I throw 100 and then they watch you and you're like, Popping out at night four, it's like, whoa, dude, <laughs> this has fire, you know? Yeah. Were you like in a car when you threw that? I get, I don't get it. Okay. So <laughs> Marcel, tell me about like your most proud moment in, in baseball. Just, I mean, if you have a couple, absolutely let it rip, but you know, there's always that one or a few little things that you look back and go, man, I, that was something I'm really proud of. Right. Um, Honestly, man, I just think it, it's getting drafted. Mm-hmm. In 2017, getting drafted. Um, I'd be lying to you out of high school if you told me, like, hey, man, you're going to get drafted in the sixth round and, you know, for the New York Mets. I would have looked at you and been like, yeah, like, cool story, bro. Because, <laughs> honestly, I was ready to go to the University of Arizona to study. I wasn't even going to play baseball anymore. Mm. And the opportunity of JUCO came up, and my cousin, Keith Zuniga, who's actually the pitching coach now, at New okay. Mexico State, um, was playing there, and he was like, "Dude, you got to give it a shot. Like, if you still love the game, like, why not?" Right. Well, I did, and then you know, opportunities presented itself. I went to New Mexico State. That was another um, moment where I was proud. You know, everyone dreams of playing Division One baseball, mm-hmm. and I just kind of took it day by day. And once I got that phone call, man, it was really cool because that's when I realized, like, hey, this is my dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do want to play professional baseball and so yeah man that's that's been my proudest moment as of yet that's oh awesome. and graduating and graduating school sure <laughs> at front of mexico state getting my degree that was a huge one too. <laughs> by the way <laughs> yeah no i got you yeah. that's awesome dude yeah. yeah um yeah sixth round that's that's incredible um i want to bounce back to your college days man i mean you get to take when you're a d1 player you get to take some pretty cool trips. You get to have some pretty cool experiences that a lot of people just don't get. They just don't understand yeah. or they don't get, right? Um, what were some of the coolest trips or, or games that you you look back and go, that was that was pretty sweet? So there's two of them. One of them was at Pima Community College. We had a tournament in Hermosillo, Mexico. Mm. So I don't know if a lot of people are familiar, but the Naranjeros from Hermosillo, that's kind of like a professional team in the Winter League. Mm-hmm. They had built a brand new stadium, and one of our catchers, Juan Gandes, who's actually with the Cubs now as a pitcher, he's also hitting 100. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, his dad is like, I don't know, I, I guess the president. So we got to play a tournament there. So that one was pretty cool because, one, we're in Mexico, and it's a JUCO team. If you have any idea of JUCO baseball, you kind of know what goes on with that group of guys. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. 
So the experience and and getting to experience Mexico was fun. But then when I was at Mexico State, I don't know, man. I guess the WAC tournament was cool. Unfortunately, I didn't win it. But mm. going to Seattle, that was really cool because they were kind of like our rivals at that moment. Yeah. And, and we swept them. And, I mean, Seattle's a cool place if you haven't been. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure oh, you, yeah. But Seattle's a fun place. Uh, a couple of the guys, we were able to go out because it was one of the last uh, – series that we had before going into the WAC tournament. So it was pretty cool, man. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. You guys probably, and what other places, notable places did you go when you were in college? Like you said, Seattle, uh, what other Se- places? So Seattle was cool. Um, getting to play at the home opener against Texas tech our first year. And we actually upset them. It was really cool. I remember oh, yeah. Steven Butts. Yeah. Steven Butts came in a little freshman lefty throwing, mid 80s carved them up man Ooh. absolutely carved them up so that was really cool um but also getting getting to play in front of my family in arizona the university of arizona was really fun too oh, yeah. um yeah so as far as that goes man i mean not once because we're, we're in the whack so i mean <laughs> bakersfield you know it's a tough place to play it's a t- it's like the worst place in california but <laughs> other than that yeah. i mean seattle was cool um I think uh, Northern Colorado is cool, like Greeley. Right, it's kind of a little college town too. So there's some there's some unique places out there, man. That it was fun to experience. Okay, so we're talking about all the good stuff, right? Baseball is not all sunshine and rainbows, especially in the minor leagues and in the grind that you have to put through it. What would you say would be considered one of your toughest parts of your career? I would say. Honestly, like the season in itself, man, there's so many ups and downs. And, you know, as a minor leaguer, you got to get used to 14 hour bus rides. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of adapting to that lifestyle um, was the hardest part. But I think the most challenging for every minor leaguer is the off season because the off season is kind of like, you know, you got six months to prepare for your next season. But if you don't have any guidance, man, you're kind of like, well, what should I be doing at this time? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But just kind of, I would say in general, just adapting to that whole lifestyle was the most challenging part. Yeah. And I was talking about this just the other day. And when you turn on the TV right now, the MLB postseasons, you know, um, playing on right now, Right. When you when you turn on a game, you see the likes of everybody. You see guys that are thirty pounds overweight. You see dudes that are you know skinny. You see yep. dudes that are fit, strong, some buff yeah. dudes. We see guys like Brian Wilson that used to pitch for the Giants. That's just yoked out of his mind. So like, right. is that just the product of off season? Do you think that yeah. that that's directly uh, correlated? Yeah, absolutely. There's kind of like a new motto going on where it's like if you're not getting way better, you're getting past. Mm. And in the offseason, the way that baseball is advancing now, like if you look at the younger generation that's coming up, you got kids in high school already hitting 100, which is insane. You know what I mean? Where before, if you hit 90, you were a guy. Yeah. So I'm kind of like in that middle generation where it's like, all right, the whole old school thing of pitching and keeping the ball down um, was everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now you have this new generation that's loud. It's exciting. It's all about the big numbers. It's about pimping home runs. So 
it's it's a it's adapting, man. And like I said, if you don't take advantage in the off season, you're gonna get exposed when you uh, show up to spring training. Yeah, it's it's quick to find out. So can you tell me? I mean, a lot. I think a lot of people can relate to watching Bull Durham. How <laughs> realistic is that for a minor Dude, leaguer? So realistic, extremely realistic. Wow. I mean, I have a buddy who's um, actually a, ma- a manager for the Low A mm-hmm. in uh, the Rays system. But he coached in uh, Durham. Mm-hmm. He was sending me Snapchats of like the crowd and everything, and I'm like, "Wow, dude! Like, it's exactly like the movie." Yeah, He's that's like, yeah, awesome. Dude, it literally is, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's cool. Unfortunately, the Florida State League where I played at, we didn't get a lot of fans because uh-huh. um, that's kind of how it was. But yeah, the, that movie's pretty pretty spot on. That's cool. You you yeah. talked about fourteen hour bus rides. You said you got to try and get used to it. I can't even imagine trying to get used to that and, and joining the bus and going like, oh, just another day. It's still probably yeah. it's got to be a grind. So what do you do on a fourteen hour? Is it just music or cards? How do you get along on that? So yeah, it, it's funny, dude. You got a group of guys playing cards. You have a group of guys who are still in school doing homework, and <laughs> other guys who are watching tv netflix like literally in those 14 hours if you don't have any sort of show to watch or any sort of i don't know hobby to do you can like drive yourself crazy (laughs) oh i can imagine gee whiz it it gets it gets a little uh restless as a matter of fact here's a fun or funny story um when i first got to brooklyn we had so we, we had just gotten drafted, reported to Port St. Lucie to get all our testing done, uh, practice for a couple days, and then Brooklyn's season was about to start, which is where all the draft guys go, right? Mm-hmm. So we had a workout here in, in Florida at 6 a.m., so I guess we had to wake up at 5, workout, head to the airport about noon, fly out to Brooklyn, land there around 4 o'clock, 5 from Brooklyn or from the airport, we go straight to the stadium to Brooklyn because there's a game going on. Okay. No in New York traffic. We got there late. So picture 10 new draft guys coming in in the middle of a game, <laughs> the fourth inning, into a dugout full of a whole bunch of players that you have no idea about, but they're your teammates, right? Right. So we go play that game. and I'm exhausted at this point, man. The game ends. It's already about 1130 midnight, you know, showered up, ate dinner. I'm just like, dude, I can't wait to go back to the hotel. So as I'm walking out, there's a bus and they're like, hey, Renteria, where's your uh, baseball stuff? I was like, oh, I left it in the locker room. They're like, dude, you're going to need it. And I was like, well, we're not going to come back tomorrow. They're like, we're on our way to Vermont. What? So on top of all that, we had a nine-hour bus ride from Staten Island, which is where our stadium's at, all the way to Vermont to play the next day. So we got there around 8 in the morning, and literally on that bus ride, I was like, what did I sign myself up for? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like they put you through that to go, do you really want to play? Because we we just want dudes that that really want to play. No, it's funny because when I was going through the whole, like, getting scouted and stuff, um, one of the scouts from the Pirates, I won't say his name, but he was like, dude, do you love baseball? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, do you want to play professional baseball? And I was like, yeah, of course. And he's all like, nah. He's like, I'm going to ask you again tomorrow and really think about it because it's not as easy as you seem. The lifestyle is a little different. Sure. And at that point when he said it, I was like, okay, this guy's like, 
kind of going overboard, right? But now, with the experience that I've had, it's like, yeah, man, you really got to love the game because you're going to put through, you're going to get put through some situations that aren't ideal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Golly, I can't even. So that must, I can understand that you were definitely tired when you got there the next day. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Yeah. And then we get there at 8.30, right? And they're like, hey, bus to the field is at 11.30. So it's like, dude, Jeez. it was just nonstop going. Yeah. Yeah. It can't get comfortable. Can't nope. adjust. Um, nope. So one of the things that I think you and I both know because uh, of Las Cruces or because of New Mexico State Food is king over there. Uh, what oh, yeah. is your favorite? I know this is off topic. We're just kind of just diving into whatever. No, we're <laughs> uh, good. What is your favorite food place in Las Cruces? And don't give me a wrong answer. <laughs> All right, and don't give me a wrong answer. Okay, yeah. obviously everyone knows Andales is one of the best spots to go for breakfast. Well, awesome. at least for me, just got there, right? Love it. But I got to get a shout out to Gabe Castillo and his dad, Serge, Big Serge, um, at C Senor. Okay. I mean, they, they take care of us, but, uh, my, I don't know, dude. I, I honestly, I would say CC is my favorite place. Um, because we, we did a lot there, you know, the, the yeah. fall world series, whether we won or not, we, we, uh, celebrated it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, it's just a family environment, man. Like I give a huge, I, the Castillos have a huge place in my heart, great people. So every time I go there, man, I mean, I, I always get there they're enchiladas or something and you know i mean it's just a great place to be okay cool cool um all right and you passed the test uh favorite <laughs> what about favorite new york i mean because you've that's a different totally different vibe totally different atmosphere for food so what right. what what caught your attention in new york dude you're gonna laugh because right next to our hotel was like a small little like supermarket so you know, in the movies, like in New York, it's like you go in there and you got like the little supermarket or the, like the little stores that have the delis and stuff like that. Yeah. There was like a little spot, dude, that had, I forget what exactly it was, but it was like chicken over rice. Uh-huh. They made some sauce, dude, that was just unreal. Like mm. if I could buy that sauce and have it at my house like every day, I would. Wow. But... Yeah, that I would literally go in there, and the guys knew me by by first name. They're like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Like, same thing, and I'm like, "Yep, the usual, dude." Dang. And that was that was my go to spot. Dude, how but, much? How cool is it when somebody's just like when they know you? It, it just like I'm gonna I'm gonna spend more money right now because y'all are yeah. cool. Yeah, literally, like they just walked in. They're like, "Hey, what's up, bro? You guys lose again?" Because we were the terrible <laughs> game. We were the worst team. You guys lose again. We're like, yeah, unfortunately, it's like, oh, good man, and they just kind of have our our meals ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got but, you. Yeah. All right. So, um, of course, that's kind of a celebrity feeling. Did you get a chance to meet anybody, um, anybody notable or anybody that you go? That's pretty cool. I got to meet this guy. Um, I know Tim Tebow's in the organization. I don't know if that right. guy, if he came up, um, or anybody that we would know. Yeah. So Tim Tebow funny story the way i met him i accidentally stepped and broke his phone what yeah for for a little spring training game so before you go out to spring training everyone's in the weight room trying to get loose trying to do their routine you know what i mean yeah so for me it was the weighted balls so i'm doing plyo care balls i'm trying to get my arm loose 
and it was just packed, man. And one of those drills, I got to do a little step back. And sure enough, I stepped back and stepped it right on his phone. And oh. Yeah, it was weird, dude, because I went up to him and, I mean, it's Tim Tebow. Like, for me, growing up, Tim Tebow was the best, or still is, the best college football player ever. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I went up to him, it was kind of weird because it's like, damn, this guy's like a teammate now. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's big. He's bigger than like, life. Yeah, it's like, dude, I would use your guy on NCAA football games and win national championships. But anyway, I go up to him, introduce myself, and he, you know, he introduces himself, and I'm like, dude, I know exactly who you are. <laughs> you like, didn't have to do that. Yeah, and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll pay for it. And the nicest guy, dude, he's like, don't worry about it, brother. I already ordered a new one. Like, you're all good. Great job today. And I was like, wow. I was like, yep. Like, everything they say about you is 100% correct. You are the <laughs> nicest ever. And then he pulls you closer and he's like, but don't let it happen again. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. And then he's just massive looking at you like, oh, don't mess man. Up. So, yeah. and did, how did he perform? Did he, you played with him? He was your teammate. It was, it wasn't like a training thing or anything like that. You, you guys were actually playing together. Yeah, for that for that game, yeah. Um, in spring training, we were together. Oh, that's pretty, okay. Yeah, he's not bad, dude. He's not bad. I mean, obviously, um, he spent some time away from the game of baseball growing up. And, yeah. you know, little little fundamentals you can tell. But I give him credit, dude. I give him a lot of credit. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of hatred on him as far as, like, he shouldn't have this opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he went out and was a double-A all-star. So it's kind of like, Dude, you can't you can't bag on the guy like he's trying to prove himself just like we are, you know. Yeah, no, I totally get that. That's crazy. Yeah, but another cool thing in in Brooklyn is I actually got to meet Squints from the movie The Sandlot. Oh, cool! Bitch, uh, Shooter McGavin. From, no uh, way. Oh, was there? Yeah, dude. And it was cool. He still does his whole shooter thing. Like, met him, met some <laughs> of the crew from Steinfeld. Like, Brooklyn what? was a cool part to be, dude. It was a cool part to be. We got wow. a lot of special guests. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. That is really cool because those are like those are like people every single person knows. Yeah, man, it's funny because Squints is all tatted out now. He's like a really cool dude. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, it, it was crazy to see. Like, it's like, dude, you were part of my childhood. Yeah, I'm sure everyone else's childhood. You know what I mean? And he's just out there like having a good time with the boys. He actually spent a couple innings with us in the dugout. It was pretty cool. I think it's funny when you, you look at that and you go, um, like even Shooter McGavin, and you see it and you go, that guy is just forever that guy. And then you see him in real life and maybe, you know, they've aged and it's different. So, I I mean, I don't know. It's crazy to me how you can keep an act up that long. Like I feel like That's what I'm I'd be sick of it. <laughs> like literally, I feel like Shooter McGavin is Shooter McGavin now. Like, yeah, yep. Unfortunately – I don't really even know his real name. No, I don't <laughs> think anybody does. Like, I don't know his real name, but, you know, he came in and I was like, shooter. Like, right away, I was like, I know exactly who this guy is. But And he did the gun and everything? Oh, dude. He, he still – he milks that, bro. Every picture, boom, he'll pull it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that that's, that's his life now, I guess. I'm glad you – so – Shooter McGavin, obviously from uh, a movie about golf. Did do you as a pitcher? I know that's one of the most popular things, um, off season, downtime, that kind of thing in college. Did you get to where you play golf a lot, or did you just kind of pass on that? No, man. Any no. opportunity that I get to be in the golf course, I'll take. Okay. But here's my problem. 
I'm not a very good golfer. I can chip and I can putt, but mm-hmm. everything else, as far as the driver and the irons, I still haven't figured it out. Okay. For me, golf is a place where I like to escape, yeah. be with my boys, you know, have a couple beers, and just kind of relax, dude, because, I mean, we compete every day, you know what I mean? And it's tough, dude. Like, it's tough. If, yeah. if you say you haven't gotten mad at a golf course, like, you're lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're absolutely lying. So golf, <laughs> for me, I was just kind of like, one of my friends was actually like, why do you golf? And I was like, mm. to get my mind off baseball. And they're like, well, you're always pissed off when you golf. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You have a point. So now for me, it's just kind of like, if I get a couple shots in, you know, I'm going to enjoy whatever I can at the golf course. But yeah, golf's, golf's a huge part of it, especially in our, in our sport. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and that's the thing. I, I know a lot of people that are on both sides of it, you know, like, um, every time I get a chance, I'm going to go golf. And then there's other people that are like, I just don't want to do it. But I think since this yeah. pandemic hit, it's just kind of like everybody's on that golf flow right now. Yeah. Cause it was one of the few things that was open. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So one of the few things that was open, but it's a great time, man. I, I enjoy it. Marcel, man, thanks for joining uh, the podcast. I can't wait to see you on TV. Can't wait to see you continue to uh, be successful and grow in, in your sport. You have uh, you have proved a lot. I think you got a lot more um, a lot more success coming your way, and and uh, I'm excited for it, man. Thank you so much for being on. Trey, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I'm humbled, and I'm I'm really happy that uh, I was able to join you for this podcast. Thanks for listening to the All Sports Best Podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and join the conversation. Till next time, this is the All Sports Best Podcast. Ah!